Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series, This Is What We Do. The big idea behind this series is that Jesus tells his followers how to live life and that what we do makes a difference in the world. When we pursue God, live generously, serve regularly, foster unity, and share the gospel, it inspires others to do the same. When we add our individual actions to what other believers are doing, God multiplies the impact. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. We're in the last Sunday of this series called This Is What We Do. And, And all through this series, we've been looking at the truth of what is it that people who say they believe in Jesus do. And so we've looked at the following things. We've looked at the fact that uh, we uh, ask people to pursue God. We live generously. We serve sacrificially. We protect the unity of the body. And today we're going to look at the truth that we share the good news. Now, if you ever hear the word gospel, gospel literally means good news. So the good news, the gospel, is what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And that's good news. So let's, let's talk about good news. What is good news? For some of you, it's the fact that you have heard in the past 24 hours that Tom Brady's going to retire. And so uh, a lot of you uh, are not pan- Tom Brady fans, so you're happy about that. But, but seriously, uh, what, are, what is good news? L- let's just think this through. Good news is being given something that you've longed for. Good news is getting engaged or getting married. Good news is uh, finding out you're going to have a baby or that you're going to have a grandchild. Good news is, is a hot meal in a warm bed. Good news is learning that there's hope for a cure for your health condition. Good news is being finally fully recovered. Good news is getting a job and, and knowing you have a future. Good news is knowing that the mistake you made can be forgiven. Good news is knowing that you're loved and accepted no matter what you've done. Good news is knowing that your past does not define you, especially in the eyes of God. And good news is knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you can know and follow God because of what Jesus has done for all of us. Now, All of these things are good news, but the best good news of all is that last statement that I made, because the good news affects every part of our lives now until eternity. It's what the angels said to the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born. Remember, behold, I bring you very good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And we've known the good news in this world ever since that day. Receiving the good news that you can be forgiven of your sins and that you can receive the promise of eternal life means that you've decided to believe in Jesus. And that means you become a follower of Jesus, a Christian. But here's the thing about being a Christian. It's not just about getting to heaven and it's not just about saying you're a Christian as opposed to saying that you're Jewish or Muslim. Being a Christian is about following Jesus, about being a Christ follower. In other words, doing what he tells us to do. Now, 
We know that sometimes people cheapen that good news. They cheapen the grace that's been given us because when they say they're a Christian, all they're saying is that they've given themselves a title, but they're not truly a follower of Christ. Pastor Francis Chan captures this half-hearted attitude with a little touch of sarcasm when he, when he says this. Uh, he talks about, imagine that, uh, that uh, you're invited by Jesus to walk with you. And he says, hey, would you mind identifying yourself with me in some way? Don't worry. I don't actually care if you do anything I do or change any way you live. I'm just looking for people who are willing to say they believe in me and call themselves Christians. Now, obviously, that's sarcasm. And obviously, that, that would cheapen what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But I think sometimes in our culture, in this world, that's what some, some people say. It's just giving themselves an adjective to say, hey, I'm a Christian. But it doesn't really change the way they live. It's that they're followers, but followers of what they want to do and not followers of what Christ wants them to do. So before we dive in, let me ask you a couple of questions and just marinate on these a little bit. What exactly does it mean for me to be a Christ follower? What am I committing myself to when I decide to follow Jesus? What will be required of me if I identify with Jesus? So to be a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, means to live your life in a manner in which he would live it. Committing to following Jesus means you're committing to accept his message and the implications it has on your life, such as sharing the good news with others. And identifying yourself with Jesus means that you embrace his teachings as a way of life, and you embrace his teachings so much so by furthering the mission for which he came to earth. You see, becoming a Christ follower isn't about just praying a prayer. It's about becoming a new person. In other words, not the person you were before you didn't believe in Jesus and follow him, but now understanding that he sees you as a very new person and your desire is to follow him and live for him. This is what we do as Christians. So how do we share the good news of Jesus that's been shared with us and led us into believing and following Jesus? Well, the Bible has a very clear pathway, and it comes from the lips of Jesus. So the first thing that I want us to look at is this, is that we go. And in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says this, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and to all. So where do we go? We go to the people and the places where God has already graced us with significance with significant influence and significant relationships. Every single one of us has a circle of relational influence, where we work and where we live. Our circle of influence also includes the relationships we have with people in the places where we shop, where we hang out, and where we work out. Going to our circle of influence is the primary place where God wants us to go and to share the good news that we've experienced because He's already given us relational influence in those relationships. 
Now, that being said, it's, it's never out of the question for God to tell us to go and share the good news about Jesus in a new place where we don't already have influence because he wants us to do that. And it's important that we build relationships with people who aren't followers of Jesus Christ, not as projects, but because we have a deep concern for them and for their eternities. So uh, let me remind us all that when we decided to believe in Jesus, we decided to follow him and take on his manner to share his message to, to, to fulfill his mission. Now, to, to take on the manner of Jesus means that when we go to others, we treat them and we love them like Jesus would treat them and love them. Sharing his message means that we share the good news of why Jesus came to earth, which was to save us from sin and to bring us to God. That's it. That means then that we can't add to the message by letting the things that we're passionate about, our politics, our positions, to creep into the message of the good news of Jesus. And it's the same with the mission. Jesus' mission is not connected to anything of this world. Those things will pass away. So when we try to connect our passions or our politics or our positions to Jesus' message, we're disrespecting him. In other words, we're sinning and we're not fulfilling what God calls us to do. So if you wonder how do you, go, how do, you do this go thing, well, let me give you three suggestions that we ask people to commit to when they decide to join Valleybrook. First, we ask you to begin to pray, begin to pray that, that you and that all of us can share the gospel, the good news of people, so that we can fulfill the mission that Jesus came to earth for and that he commissioned us to do. Second, invite people who don't have a church home or who don't know God to attend church with you, whether it's virtually or in person. Third, when you're in the building, make it a point to connect with people that you don't know yet. Take the risk that you may have met that person before and you don't remember their name or Take the risk that you may meet somebody who's been attending for a long time, or maybe they haven't. You may be the person who makes a difference in somebody who's seeking God's truth just by being friendly and caring and loving them the way Jesus loves them. That reflects the manner of who Jesus is. Jesus makes it very clear in what he says that sharing the good news is not a low commitment thing. In my lifetime, look, I've seen people attempt to share the good news by, by preaching on sidewalks, and I've seen them by, do this also by leaving Christian literature in public places. And honestly, occasionally, and I would say rarely, but it has worked in people's lives. But more than oftentimes, that doesn't work because there's no relationship with another caring human being involved. You know, there's a truth that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to care for all people. So I'm telling you this because that's how Jesus explains it. What he calls us to do is relational. We all should take a good look at what Jesus did with his disciples and see that he lived relationally with them to help them come to believe in him and then to become his faithful followers. Now, in many church cultures, 
The concepts of evangelism and discipleship are often separated into two things, but, but Jesus really never separated them into two different distinct things. That's why we see him put go to people and make disciples in the, in the same context. So let's, let's talk about the, the make peace. In Matthew's gospel, we read what is called the Great Commission. And it's called that because God commissioned all of us through Jesus to be his disciples and to join him on the mission that Jesus came to earth for. So every generation of Christ followers now has understood that the Great Commission wasn't just for that original group of disciples. It's for every subsequent generation of disciples, every person who comes to be a follower of Jesus. It's, it's actually not an option it's what we're all called to do. And that means you and me. So in the Great Commission, Jesus says this, go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Now, sometimes we like to say, well, you know, that means going to a different country. No, it doesn't. It just means to go to people. Wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, wherever you go to school, wherever you shop, Greg Ogden tells a story, and I want to share it with you because it, it it's, it's, tells us, gives us an example of what this looks like. He tells the story of how he became a follower of Jesus. He said, during my sophomore year in college, I received a phone call from my junior high pastor at our church. He said, Greg, how would you like to be a part of our team of college students ministering to junior high kids on Wednesday nights? On Wednesday nights, 130 kids were bouncing off the gymnasium walls, and I heard that my youth pastor needed reinforcements. But I had no idea at that time how throwing my lot in life into this time with these preteens would change the trajectory of my life. Don was his name. And Don gave us Jesus' mission to share his love with these young kids on their turf. Coming out of the stands and onto the playing field energized me in a way that sitting in a pew listening to sermons never did. But there was a bonus. Don not only gave us a mission, but he gave himself also. Don would call to get together for, for uh, some one-on-one -on -one time with me. And I have a vivid recollection of sitting on a bench next to a tennis court after batting the ball around. And Don would invariably pull out his Bible and share some things with me that he was applying to his life at that time. And what impressed me about Don was his transparency. He didn't sugarcoat the challenge of discipleship. He showed me scriptures that exposed needed changes in his own life. As we sat side by side, a wonderful heart-to-heart -heart transaction occurred. And I said to myself, if Don wants to follow Jesus, so do I. If Don wants to follow Jesus, so do I. What Don was doing was modeling for me what it was like to have a deep impact on others. And to do that, you have to get close to them. Ogden says, you know, it's only in retrospect that I realized that Don was modeling Jesus' method of ministry. It's relational. So, sharing the good news to make disciples requires being in a relationship with the person that we're sharing that good news with. It requires doing life together. It requires making time for them. It requires pursuing them. It's not about a project it's about a relationship. Now, I realize that in our me-focused 
culture, this is countercultural. But following Jesus is not the way of the world. Sharing the good news is the mission that Jesus calls all of his followers to. And it's not the way of the world. But we're called to embrace it. So let's talk about what that can look like. So let me just talk about two different categories, parents and non-parents. Let's talk about parents. Parents, this is something that we do directly with our kids when they're in grade school because that parent-child relationship is is somewhat like an an instructor-pupil relationship. We can teach them what it means to follow Jesus. Now, as our kids get older and become adolescents, at some point that, if you've had kids, you know that parent-child relationship will change and and, uh, you become more of an advisor and less of an instructor. So then we make disciples by modeling with the way we live our lives how to be a disciple by the way we live. And on the occasion that our kids come to us for advice, then we get the privilege to be able to to speak into certain situations and how a disciple of Jesus would handle it. So let's let's talk about us if if we don't have kids in the house. As adults, we make disciples by building relationships and and doing life together, by being intentional to use our time, not just to talk about the latest event in life, but also to to talk about what it's like following Jesus, what we're reading in the Bible. It's about being real and transparent with our successes and our failures and our struggles, about how following Jesus fits into all of those areas of life, of work, of play, of marriage, of everything. Everything. Making disciples is a relational thing that we're all called to do. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, go, and he says, make, and then he says, baptize. Now, specifically, he says this, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may say, what does that have to to do with me? Because uh, I don't baptize people, so just bear with me, okay? Uh, Let me be clear. All right, about what baptism doesn't do. Baptism doesn't wash away sins. Only Jesus' sacrifice forgives us of sins, washes them away. Baptism does not give you eternal life. Only putting your faith in Jesus gives you eternal life. So let's be honest. Uh, Anyone can say they believe in Jesus, so how do we know if they're being sincere? It's by following Jesus. Uh, Living in his manner, sharing his message, and being a part of his mission is how we are evidence to the rest of the world that we're Christ followers. One of the first things someone who comes to faith in Jesus should do when they start following him, is to be baptized like Jesus commanded all of us to be baptized. Now, being baptized is is one of the first opportunities a Christ follower has to obey the teachings of Jesus. And, And here's why baptism was so important to him. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't cleanse you of your sin. It doesn't get you into heaven. But what it does do, and this is critical, what it does do is It gives you the opportunity to publicly identify yourself with Jesus. That's why baptism should always be public. 
And that's why baptism is not for infants. Being baptized is based on an individual's decision to believe in and follow Jesus. Babies and young children don't have the cognitive ability to make that decision. So being baptized is part of sharing the good news because it's a step of becoming a disciple. It's a step of obeying Jesus' command. It's a public declaration to the world that you're no longer following the ways of the world, but instead you are following Jesus. And there's something else that baptism does. It, it, it visibly and emotionally connects you with followers of Jesus Christ in a very tangible way. So, that's why we baptize. Now, I, I suspect some of you are thinking, I, I never realized that this is what baptism was all about. And some of you are thinking, I, I've never been baptized, or at least not as someone who was old enough to say, I believe in Jesus, and I need to get baptized. Look, if you, if you want to talk about that, I would love to talk with you about that. So, uh, we baptize people all year long. We don't do it outdoors this time of year. We'd have to cut into the ice uh, but I encourage you, if you want to talk about that, send us an email at connectatvalleybrook.cc, and we can. We can talk about that, and we can make a plan. So Jesus says, go. He says, make. He says, baptize. And then he says, teach. In the final part of the Great Commission, Jesus said, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Teaching others to obey Jesus' command does not require a college degree in, in theology or even a teaching degree. This is not a classroom teaching. This is one Christ follower sharing another, with another Christ follower what they are learning from the Bible. Now, some of you are going to say, well, you know, I'm just not a good reader. It's hard for me to read the Bible. With today's technology, you don't have to read it for yourself. There are apps that will read it to you. You can listen to the Bible. And whether we're reading it or listening to it, we can hear what God says to us in God's Word. And we can think about it and how it applies to our life. And we can share it with others. And we can Teach it to them as we share how we're wrestling with that teaching and how we're applying it to our lives. So again, I'm talking about doing life together with others in a very real and a very transparent way with another person or, or two. Living in Jesus' manner, sharing his message and being a part of his mission does require us to take in Scripture, God's Word. So I encourage people, find a, a translation that you can understand and take it in regularly by reading it or listening to it or both. If you need help in it, with that, again, send us an email or, or talk to me after the service. I would love to help you with that. You, you know, recent, in recent years, I've heard, I've seen the studies that, that tell us that the Bible has never been more accessible than it is now. But I've also heard that in the world, people are, have never been more biblically illiterate than they are now. So what does that mean? 
As followers of Jesus Christ, we need to take in God's word, read it, listen to it, make it a part of our daily routine. When we do that, it will change our lives. You can't read God's word consistently without letting it soak in. It's it's a very important habit that every Christ follower needs to embrace. And when you do, Jesus, through the power of his spirit, will change your life. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson famously said this, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. So what am I saying? If we sow the habit of taking God's word in daily, reading it, listening to it, make it a habit It's going to change our character. It's going to change our destiny. And through us, as we share the good news that we've found with others, it's going to change the destiny of others. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. When we do that, we learn what Jesus and God want us to obey, and we're able to implement it into our lives and share it with others, teaching them about what Jesus is teaching us. So, Big picture, sharing the good news, and I've sort of outlined how we do it. That's what we do as followers of Jesus Christ. To share the good news of Jesus requires that we be in relationships with other people, that we go to them, that we help them become disciples, that we help them get baptized, that we teach them to obey what Jesus taught. This is what we do. Now, don't be overwhelmed with this. Just just take it one step at a time. Let me just uh, allow to give you a few suggestions. First of all, if you're not taking in God's word, make it a a point to begin to do that today. If you need some advice on how to do that, I'd be happy to share that with you. Simply put, I would say, turn to the Bible app, download it on your phone. uh, Find a translation that you can understand. Secondly, I would say this. Some of you are saying, well, you know, wow, uh, you know, I've been a Christ follower for a long time and I've really not shared with others that I am a Christ follower or I've not shared the good news with them and I sort of feel embarrassed. Uh, recently, I heard Pastor Rick Warren share something that, that I thought was just so appropriate. He says, you know, I've been teaching this idea of apology evangelism. And then he went on to explain. He said, you know, maybe you've known uh, somebody for 10 years. Maybe it's your next door neighbor and, and, and you go... You, you know you have never shared with them the most important thing in your life, which is your relationship with Jesus. And so you just go to them and say, hey, you know, I, I need to apologize. And, you know, obviously they're going to be interested why you want to apologize to them. Say, well, I need to apologize because there, there's something about my life that I've never shared with you and it's really important and, and I should have. And, and obviously they're going to ask what. And, and you say, you know, I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and because of him, uh, I recognize that my future life, my eternity is decided and I'm supposed to share it with all people. And so I just wanted to share that with you. And if you'd ever want to talk some more about that, I would love to do that. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. We can just make that apology and begin to have that conversation with people. It's important. Let me give you one other suggestion that, that's very practical today. Some of you may have watched already the, the TV miniseries called The Chosen. 
You know, uh, one of the things I've recognized as I've watched it is, number one, it's, it's done really well. Number two, I think it stays pretty clear to the, the truth of Scripture. Yes, it takes some artistic license in filling in the, the, the background about the disciples or some of Jesus' teaching, but it, it, it's a powerful testimony. I would encourage you to uh, talk to somebody else. Maybe you can watch it together or have a watch party. I'm going to invite Pat up because we're going to close in just a moment. But I want you to think about ways that you can begin that conversation with somebody who knows you're a follower of Jesus, that that you've never shared that relationship. You know, I believe that oftentimes when there's a message about sharing the good news or evangelism, as we call it, that, that people just sort of shrink back. Oh, I don't know if I can do that or I feel awkward. As followers of Jesus Christ... When you believed, God poured his spirit into you. And the Holy Spirit is there to empower you, to give you the courage to say what you need to say in a loving, caring way, the way Jesus would do it. He's there to to, uh, help you handle your nervousness, to give you the words to say. So so just trust him. Be you. The people who know you know you. So, So just be yourself. And so I would encourage you to begin to pray about how you will do that. Remember, Jesus wants us to follow his manner. He he wants us to be involved sharing his message. And he wants us to fulfill his mission. That's what he has called every single follower of Jesus to do. And it's not something that we get to pick or choose. We're all called to that. We're all commissioned to do that. So obviously, this is a challenge, and I want to pray for all of us, and I want to pray for anybody who's actually said, well, you know, I've really just never taken that step to even put my faith and trust in Jesus. So I'll I'll begin our prayer time with a a prayer where you can tell Jesus you believe in him and want to follow him. And and if you pray that prayer, let us know, because I'd like to give you a little book to help you grow in your faith in Jesus. So if you would, bow your heads and let's pray. God, as we gather in this place, we realize that you've sent us good news about our lives and that you desire to be our Lord and our Savior. So for anybody who's never put their trust in Jesus and accepted his salvation and his Lordship, go ahead and pray these words. Put them in your own words back to him. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And today, Lord, I desire to follow him as his disciple. As we say amen to that part of our prayer, I'll continue. Father, you've called every one of us as your sons and your daughters to be your disciples, to to live in the manner in which Jesus lives, to, to share the message of Jesus and to fulfill the mission of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would work in each of our lives. Lord, help us be in tune to recognize that the relationships we have are an opportunity to tell people about the most important relationship we have in our lives, and it's with your son, Jesus Christ. So give us the boldness to that. Holy Spirit, fill us. Help us not shrink away from what you empower us to do. And help us encourage one another to fulfill the Great Commission.
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand for our final song? Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.